thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hey there, wonderful listeners. Welcome back to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And we're very happy to have you joining us here this week uh, to chat about something that every single one of us on the entire globe has, I guess, experienced at some point in our life, and that is constipation. Now, this is a funny topic because a lot of people don't like to talk about bowel movements. Um, you know, it's sometimes a bit, bit funny to start talking about poo and whether you're pooing lots or not pooing enough or whatever you want to call it, defecating. You can call it anything you like, but basically you have got to get whatever you put into the mouth. It needs to go through the uh, tubes and come out the other end. So we're going to talk today about a little bit about why we get constipated, um, some of the common reasons for it, and obviously some fantastic options and solutions. It can be a very complex topic because anyone who's had constipation, particularly chronic constipation, is probably sitting there. You're probably thinking, yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before. Um, But I'm going to challenge you that maybe you haven't because there's a few things today that we're going to talk about that may be the missing links um, and give you some new ways to go about dealing with constipation. But firstly, let's even decide whether we have a problem because I know that uh, both you and I sort of, well, it's not laughable. It's just, it's just curious more than anything that we often will chat to our patients and somehow either in the, maybe the initial consultation when they come in and tell us more about their bodies and what they're doing or just somewhere in discussions along the way. And you find out this person is only going to the toilet passing a bowel motion like once a week or twice a week and it's like <gasps> horror and you th- and they think yeah but it's always been like that and they think I, it's perfectly normal yeah that blows my mind um i remember that i one of the times i went to india the first time i went to india for the first five days i was there i was so badly blocked up or constipated. I did not move my bowels for that first five days. And it's funny when you think you're in India, you think it would be the opposite, but uh, no. (laughs) Look, I think it was just for me, it was just the stagnation of sitting on a plane for 24 hours. Um, Mm. But I swear I felt like a toxic waste dump. Every time I was having a mouthful of food, I was thinking, where is this going? How how is it possible that I can keep eating for five days and nothing is exiting? And I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I, I was so tempted, I'm being so overdramatic, but I was I was quite literally tempted just to drink the water out of the Ganges to try and get something happening, um, which I think is just hilarious. But um, speaking of India, in Ayurvedic cultures, they say that, Um, you should have a bowel movement after every meal. And I think that the microbiome of particularly people from, say, India, they have a very different exposure to all sorts of different bugs. So after a bowel movement, after every meal for them may be normal. I think in Western society, um, one to two bowel movements a day, like really good, healthy um, movements that is full evacuation, no pain, no straining, um, that doesn't you know make too much of a mess of a bowl, it's not too sticky or foul smelling. I think that is a sign of a good, healthy bowel. Um, That transit time that helps to sort of dictate or define constipation. And, you know, medically speaking, they say that three days or more without a bowel movement dictates constipation. However, 
you know, I, I still think that that is far too long. I think that anything more than not moving your bowels once a day is a constipated state or if you have to strain or you have painful hard uh, bowel movements then I think that that uh, that dictates constipation. Yeah and look sometimes people don't realize that constipation is something they've had ever since childhood because um, to feel as though a bowel movement every few days or a couple of times a week is normal often means that you've uh, believe that to be so since a young age, you know, for, for many people, it's, I know the issue I had with one of my gorgeous little patients, she hated going to the toilet at school. So she mm -hmm. would hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on all day. And unfortunately, if we ignore these bowel movement signals that, uh, you know, are there to tell us we need to evacuate the bowels, we start to initiate a cycle of constipation. So the problem with her was the fact that she'd started to switch off to the signals that her little body was telling her. Um, now, not solving that then would definitely turn into the adult that was going to have chronic constipation issues because she was already switching her little body off to the normal signs uh, to regulate her bowel motions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I have um, a woman in her, she would be in her early 80s and she has never, she's been chronically constipated her whole life. Um, and it wasn't until recently, I think I've been seeing her for maybe about three months when she said to me for the first time in her entire life, she felt the urge to move her bowels. She'd never experienced that in her entire life. Um, and I think that that anecdotally is interesting that so many weird and wonderful gut conditions can go completely unrecognized or diagnosed or addressed because if you've had it your entire life, how do you know that it's abnormal? Um, and also, isn't that incredible that you're never too late to heal and change? Um, yes. So I just think that that, that is beautiful. Um, just to give you some stats, about 20% of the population admits to having experienced constipation. And it's also the result of millions and millions and millions of doctor's visits per year. Um, and it certainly affects women more than men, which I think is really interesting um, because as far as I'm aware, there's not a huge hormonal difference that impacts the bowel, certainly around the time of menstruation. Yes, definitely. Um, but other than that, I'm wondering if it is um, also part of our, our stress makeup that means that women might be a little bit more prone to constipation as well. And it can really reduce your quality of life. And a lot of women will say things like they'll get really bloated, they'll get really gassy. Some even get low back pain um, because a lot of the nerves in the, the bowel itself also refer into the low back. So that's why they experience that. Um, they can be getting anxiety, fatigue, a whole bunch of other symptoms too that will um, accompany that constipation because of the gut-brain axis as well and how that's actually affecting, affecting their mental state. And then unfortunately, every year um, we're spending millions of dollars on laxatives and prescription medications to help to treat the constipation. Isn't that scary? Millions on laxatives. Yeah. And taking laxatives can give you rebound constipation. So, yeah, it's a messy cycle. So, ladies, we're going yeah. to try and help you overcome this challenge. Um, obviously, there's lots of different causes, different reasons for it. In the absence of serious pathology, and we mean that as in you've been checked, you've been tested, you're not dealing with something uh, more sinister, then chronic constipation is one of those really common 
health concerns that we think you could probably get a really good handle on by changing some of the uh, causes for it. So like we've just said, a little disclaimer there, chronic constipation should never just be ruled out as normal. So make mm-hmm. sure you, if you need to have checks and things, um, then that has to be done first because there are some reasons for constipation or let's just say absence of bowel motion that are more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's just say there's nothing more serious than simply going, okay, well, we're constipated. Why? What's what's going on there? And really the common issue here is this is where I love what we do, Andrea. I'm just so every day I wake up and think I'm just got the best job in the entire world because I get to help people poo better. (laughs) Um, And look, and this is the little, look, we're just going to go straight in there. Chiropractors do some amazing things with the spine and nervous system. Straight up, my question to you is what controls the movement of your bowels? Mm -hmm. And we need to say it's the nerves. The nerves control your bowel movements because there are some parts of bowel motions that are voluntary, meaning you have some conscious control over the function of bowel movements. And there are other things like the motility and the squishing and churning of the, the material as it goes through your gut that is involuntary. Okay. And it's that smooth muscle function that's being controlled by your nervous system. And your nervous system is being controlled so many different levels of controlling your gut function. So, you know, primarily for us as chiropractors, I'm straight away going to the lumbar and sacral regions because those big nerves there, particularly from the sacral nerves, are controlling the smooth muscles of the rectum and the anal canal. So if you've got a sphincter that's not working well, um, which is, you know, not allowing you to evacuate, then my thing is sort of like, well, what's causing the tight ass? You know, like (laughs) it's, you know, what, what are the causes here? And of course, if there's any underlying lower back or sacral problems, then I will want to address those first and then obviously encourage and advise on the lifestyle and dietary changes that will support. But let's get your brain and body connected first, get your nervous system, you know, controlling the the muscles the way they're designed to. And that's certainly something that I start with. So, you know. Oh, Ash, I love it. Preach, lady. But but it's (laughs) it's crazy. uh, You just said an 80-year-old that finally felt the urge for the first time in her life. Like that wasn't miracle and magic stuff. No, that was no. reconnecting um, the nervous system to her sensory system. You know that all of that information she was now starting to actually acknowledge the sensory component that was coming from her brain to you know her body through her nervous system. That's not magic. That's that's biology. That's you know neurology. That's phenomenal. Even though at least once a day I'm referred to as um, uh, some sort of witch <laughs> by my patients. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly sure in a very, like, you know, uh, benevolent, um, affectionate way. Um, yeah. But, you know, these are also some of the reasons why uh, we work on that viscera or those organs as well, like checking the function um, of the ileocecal valve, so the transition between small and large intestines, mm-hmm. um, actually physically working on all of those large and small intestine reflexes too and making sure that gut-brain access is working effectively because, like you said, the nervous system is what controls the gut. That's what controls that peristalsis or what gives the information to help you to draw the nutrients out of the food and then to get rid of the stuff that you don't need. It's uh, Look, there is no machine that has ever come close to resembling the same complexity of our body. It never ceases to amaze me every single day. Um, so yeah, Ash, I wholeheartedly agree with you. We have the best <laughs> jobs in the world and I'm so, so grateful that I, that we get to do what we do. Um, 
And I think uh, what you've talked about there is really important because that peristalsis, so that is that movement of your bowel, that 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 contractility that helps to move things through um, is not happening in a lot of people. Um, and that is part of the underlying cause of why they're chronically constipated. And it's a really tricky thing to address. So you need to be looking at all the reasons why that peristalsis is inhibited. Um, and it can be one, lack of nerve information, like you said. Um, it could be from stress. Um, major, major thing. We've talked about that stress cycle. Man, I've lost count of how many times we've talked about it. But one is what is the first one of the first things that happens when you go into that fight or flight state or you're stressed is that the blood supply is diverted away from the small and large intestines because digestion is not a priority when your body thinks that you're running for your life. Um, and when we're getting up in the morning to alarms, we're checking social media straight away, we're eating a muffin and having a coffee on the way to work and we're being stuck in traffic and we're sitting on our butts the whole time, then we get to work and are opening stressful emails. Like when is there any time in the morning to slow down, take a few breaths um, and maybe figure out whether or not you actually need to evacuate your bowels, let alone give yourself time to do that? Um, I think that there's a reason why constipation is such a big thing in the Western world. It's because, you know, of, of that lifestyle, which is inhibiting so much that peristaltic action. Yeah, we don't allow our bodies the time to digest the way they need to, um, you know, and we don't give ourselves the movement required to allow the body to do the, what it needs to do. So you mentioned, <laughs> you touched on that, that we go straight from, you know, bed, jump in the car, straight to the seat in, of work, and you have not done the actions and movements and activity required to stimulate some of the key areas of your digestive tract um, and particularly in the lower bowel because look this is where squatting in most societies is the normal way to go to the toilet and pass a bowel motion however us in the civilized world sit on our ceramic thrones and we go to the toilet <laughs> okay and you know and i laugh because it came about because we didn't want to be dirty on the floor to do a poo but biologically physiologically our body is designed for that the way in which the little kinks and turns and the shape of our you know organs is so that we can get into a position to pass a bowel moment motion easily so um sitting on Ash, a toilet can I, yeah can i tell you a funny story when i was in india so obviously um <laughs> when when we're there um there are you know holes in the ground so you you do need to get into a good deep squat um the first few times I did it was like pretty uncomfortable, even though, you know, for all of the exercise that I do, I squat often. So I can, you know, I can squat all the time, but actually being in that good anatomical position to empty your bowels was, you know, that was a little bit different, but the how, how was your was, aim? <laughs> oh, yeah, it took a little, it took a little getting used to it. it. Definitely wasn't innate for me. Like I'm sure what it was to, to all of the beautiful people there, but do you know what the funniest thing was? And I didn't even figure this out until like halfway through my second trip over there was that every time I was going, I was taking both my shoes and my whole pants off. So like this whole exercise was taking me so long and because for some reason, like I'm, I'm a clever woman, but I just didn't even think about the fact that you just kind of, you know, you pull your pants down and you hold them to the side and then you go to the bathroom. Um, I don't know how I didn't figure that out. I was pretty much getting entirely undressed 
just to go to the bathroom. Well, look, um, both you and I have travelled to some pretty interesting places. I know that uh, I can say that hanging off the side of a mountain in Nepal is probably the <laughs> highlight of my toileting life um, and the yeah, scariest absolutely. thing I've ever done. But, yes, so, look, ladies, if you are not getting into a good position um, throughout the day, such as movement, squatting to the floor, bending down correctly, using your body correctly, not bending with your back, bending with your legs and your bum, um, you know, using your glutes, using your hamstrings the way they're meant to be used, which most people are not squatting properly just to do daily activity, then guess what? You're not going to be moving the key muscles in and around your pelvic floor, in and around your legs and spine that are involved with the motility in through your gut and digestive tract. So, Movement is really, really, really important. So if you're not moving enough, there is a very good chance you will be constipated and you will not continue to have good bowel motions until you get regular activity as part of your lifestyle. Definitely. Um, Now, uh, all good things are within thresholds. um, So the opposite can also be true. If you are over-exercising to a point where that is causing physiological stress on your body, um, there's very compelling research that actually shows that it decreases the blood flow to your small and large intestines as well. So if you're like, I'm chronically constipated, I'm exercising like a maniac, so you've just listened to us talk about exercise and movement and gone, you know, Andrea and Ash, I've got that covered, what now? It could also be that you've gone too far with it um, and, and simply relaxing back a little bit into the exercise and doing maybe some more gentle things or some things you really enjoy could be um, the, the really key that makes a big difference. Um, can we just talk about transit time? I know we talked about uh, how often we'd like you to have a bowel movement, and that is because of that transit time. So typically it takes between 12 to 20, 24 hours from you know eating, chewing the food to um, releasing the um, excess essentially to that creates then that bowel movement um you can test this for yourself so this is what um i'm sure damien didn't coin it but i know that he has a hashtag called the sesame seed challenge so what you want to do is you want to put some sesame seeds or some raw corn um kernels so like some hard corn kernels in a glass of water and drink it and then you want to go to the bathroom and you know, see how long it takes for it to come out. If it's any more than, I would say, sort of 12 to 18 hours, hopefully, then that could be a sign that um, your transit time is a bit slow. And again, if it's too fast, if you're having bowel movements, you know, every few hours, and if those sesame seeds are coming out very, very quickly, it also could be that you're not absorbing the nutrients from your food well enough. um, And you may be getting some, you know, food that is undigested in your stool as well. So we would love to challenge you all, irrespective of how often you think you're moving your bowels, I want you all to do the sesame seed challenge. So a couple of teaspoons of sesame seeds in a glass of water. And can you post it online? We definitely don't want to see photos of your, you know, we, we don't need picture evidence, but let us know what the transit time is. Um, is it 12 hours? Was it 14 hours? Um, I am totally interested. Anyway, <laughs> I love it. So She's like, yeah, I'm interested in your poo, guys. <laughs> yeah, but no photos, please. No, no, photos, no, no, that's right. No, but we, we are interested because what it does, um, your gut movement, gut health, gut function is a really good indicator of overall health and well-being. And one of the sort of pillars for me in someone's health profile is I need you to be able to sleep well and have good regular bowel motions before you can start to heal properly. And that has a lot to do with things like toxicity, inflammation, repair mechanisms. Um, If you're not eliminating toxins well, if your body is not going through the correct 
functional effect. For example, you're eating food, you're absorbing nutrients, you're eliminating fibrous material correctly in the right amount of time, then unfortunately your body can't be fully well. So it is an important, really important indicator of overall health and well-being is bowel movements and bowel function. Now, this is not a poo episode, so we're not going to talk about all the different types of poos and what they mean and what the colors mean and all that. But we are talking about, you know, the incorrect, I guess, transit time and slow transit times from the time you eat food to the time it passes really does contribute to the increased straining, the harder stools. Certainly a lot of women have big problems with um, hemorrhoids because of straining mm-hmm. so often to go to the bathroom. So then, you know, they're getting those bleeding hemorrhoids, sending them into surgery to try and have things, you know, corrected and improved. Um, and it can go as far as issues regarding, you know, prolapses from constant straining. So yeah, it is yeah. important not to strain and therefore it's important to have bowel motions that are comfortable and easy and um, and quick. You know, you shouldn't be sitting on the toilet for 40 minutes to try and get a bowel movement. Um, that's but- another problem. But in the time, if if you are someone who does suffer from constant constipation, chronic constipation, sorry, um, and you are starting to increase that motion, um, one thing may be that you actually just need to allow yourself as much time as you need to have that full evacuation. Um, like what we talked about, that busy woman rushing to work, uh, you need to just give yourself some space and time um, in a comfortable environment where you are totally free to spend as much time as you wish, emptying your bowels to completion if you can. Um, I think that, you know, when you see guys trotting off to the toilet with, um, you know, a a book or a magazine just to kind of, you know, get really comfy and, you know, enjoy themselves in their... I think they're kind of on the right track. Like no one looks at them funny when they do that. Whereas women, I don't think I know any women who would take a magazine to the bathroom, but if you want to, and if you need to make yourself comfortable in there to allow that time, then until it becomes a more efficient process, then ladies go for it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, time um, to relax, time to let it go, time to let it out. <laughs> so yeah, no, definitely, like certainly really, yeah, certainly let, and now on speaking of let it go, there's another really interesting thing there because I know there's a lot of women out there who are working really um, conscientiously on their pelvic floor, for example. Mm-hmm. and they're doing Pilates and they're doing all of these important classes for their pelvic floor because they don't want incontinence. But on the flip side, in the attempt to avoid, say, urinary continence, you can actually end up with a problem whereby because you're constantly contracting those pelvic floor muscles, when you need to relax them to allow the bowel movement, you're actually not able to relax them. You involuntarily contract them. And so by contracting the pelvic floor, you initiate the issue of constipation. So this um, generally is known, well, there's a couple of different names. It's pelvic floor dyssynergia, which is like basically equal opposite, paradoxical pelvic floor or puborectal contraction. Um, So there's a couple of different names for this, dyssynergic defecation is another one I've heard as well from physio friends. And that really does um, go by the wayside quite often. It's almost like underdiagnosed because we're so focused as women having good pelvic floor that we don't realize it's contributing to the potential problem of constipation because that pelvic floor is not relaxing when it's meant to. Mm -hmm. So I would say that this, you know, for someone who is, 
been really careful with their diet and lifestyle. They're drinking lots of water. They're getting adequate mobility work done so that, you know, they're exercising their fit. Um, sometimes an excessively strong pelvic floor can be part of the problem here. Yeah, and just like excessive exercise, there, there's thresholds and there's limits to what what is normal and natural for our body. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree, Ash. Um, all right, so let's look at some solutions then. Yes. Let's talk about some things that you can do. And I know that the women who are really going to be paying really close attention to these episodes are the, probably the ones who have tried so many different things yeah. and nothing has changed. So, look, first and foremost – we need to increase our fiber. I do not know anyone's diet who is high enough in fiber. Um, and sometimes myself included, um, occasionally I'll look back on my day and go, I have not had enough fiber, even though I eat plenty of leafy greens, plenty of veggies. Sometimes in that day, um, it's just, it's hard to get in as much. So you don't want to overcomplicate things plenty of fresh fruit and vegetables that you're chewing really well. Remember digestion starts in the mouth. So give yourself time to chew your food really well. Um, if you're getting plenty of good fiber in the foods that you're eating, then I love things like psyllium husks, um, aloe vera. Uh, what else, Ash? Um, You've got flaxseeds um, or, you know, yeah, like flax seeds, milled flax absolutely. Seeds. Yep. Yeah. Um, but just remember, as your fiber goes up, so too must your water. Water, correct. Um, there is a, like, practitioner-grade um fiber that I use in the practice for, you know, sometimes some pregnant women or in while we're getting things moving for some women who are chronically constipated. And there's a reason why it says have the fiber in 200 mils of water. Um, so with fiber must increase your water. Really, really important. Now, if you're eating your fiber, you're not supplementing with it. What I would suggest is just keep that away from your meals because, you don't want to dilute your digestive enzymes by drinking too much water with your food. And if you're very thirsty while you're eating, there's a chance that you're probably not chewing your food properly. So you're trying to swallow things down with that water. Yes. So that's, that's tip number one, increase your fiber with Correct. every single meal and make sure that you are getting a bit of diversity too. Um, I want to challenge you all to try a different fiber or different vegetable source each week. Good challenge. How cool would that be? Yeah. Um, so I would love to hear if there's things that you haven't tried that you're including in your week. Um, Ash, what's something new that you could try this week? Uh, look, oh, me personally could try. Or... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a challenge for all of us. Man, now you're challenging me because I was going to um, say I've got a pretty good I'm – a, I'm a rainbow kind of eater. I love all my, my mixed-colored yeah. veggies and stuff. So I think my fiber intake's pretty high, um, you know, without being too uh, – <laughs> I would say right, you're allowed to uh, blow your own trumpet. Um, no, but but I'm it's going to yeah. this week. I'm going to have some Jerusalem Jerusalem artichokes. Um, I found some beautiful ones locally. Um, you can kind of use it as like a in exchange for. Um, say mashed potato or like purees and those sorts mm -hmm, of things. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful, really rich fiber source. It's got a whole bunch of other nutrients as well. So, all right, I'll put that on my try. menu because I haven't tried, uh, <laughs> I haven't tried Jerusalem Lardachoke in the last while. I can 
very much guarantee that. So good idea. So that's their things to add in. So good stuff, fiber stuff and water. So lots of fiber, lots of water. Um, If you're taking any laxatives, you need to stop. Okay. You have got to get off that roulette cycle of laxative abuse, which turns into chronic constipation. It's just a cyclic nature, um, along with people taking diuretics and things like that. Um, Obviously, anything that's prescribed by a medical professional, don't just stop it, please. Make sure you consult. But things like antacids, um, they Mm. are known to cause constipation. Uh, Anything that's antispasmodic drugs, so stopping spasms, well, guess what? Your motility in your gut is a form of spasm, really, isn't it? Because it's it's squishing and, and churning. So if you turn off spasms in other areas, you're turning off the, the motility of the gut, so you're going to get some issues with constipation. Antidepressants, iron tablets, um, painkillers, these are all things that can cause poor bowel function. If you are in chronic pain and you are constantly taking painkillers, then unfortunately your bowel function may be affected as well. So you need, you've got to look at some of the causes that could be causing the constipation if you haven't addressed those already. Um Get moving. Make sure you're doing 10 squats every morning. Get out of bed, you know, do 10 proper anatomically correct squats to the floor every single morning. Start to get your spine, body, legs, nervous system, you know, gut all moving and working at the right time. First thing in the day, you know, um, with, I was going to say, you know, don't be TMI, too much information here, but for me, ritual every single morning, passing a bowel motion. It's just like get up, drink a large glass of water, do some squats and movement, and my body says, okay, time to go now. Like it's amazing how you can turn this into um, almost like a routine clockwork. And just like you said, Andy, when you're flying and traveling, of course, anticipate you may get some constipation. It's really common with jet lag, time zone changes, body changes, dietary changes. So if you've just recently changed your diet significantly, that could be a cause for it. If you've been traveling a lot, that can also be cause for it. So just remember they could be transient, meaning it's not going to be sticking around. But if you get to a stage where it started then and it didn't change, you need to get conscious again about listening to your body cues and trying to go to the bathroom when your body tells, don't hold on, you know, don't go, oh my God, you know, public toilet, I can't go near one and hold on all day, all day, all day. Um, because later on, you've already switched off that signal that says you need to go. So the body stops giving you the signal. Why would it keep, you know, yelling at you all the time yeah. if you're totally ignoring it? So you've got to, once you get signals, honor the signal, go and take the time at the bathroom, you know, don't ignore it all day long because you will stop getting those signals and that's going to lead to a chronic cycle of the constipation issue you're experiencing. So get your yeah. nervous system checked. I'm a big one on that. <laughs> go, go see the people that look after nervous system so well. Um, of course, you know, I believe in chiropractic. It's what we do. I love it. And I just see such amazing outcomes because of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, not that it's the the cause and effect, it's not going to be, you know, we don't go to a chiropractor and say, I want you to fix my constipation because the wellness woman said you could. Um, basically, check my nervous system. See if it's working well. If it is, great. One of the possible underlying causes ruled out. If it's not working well, get it working well. And who knows what could happen? Your body will start to do what it's designed to do. So, um, yeah. Perfect. Um, okay. Check your magnesium status. Mm-hmm. So many women are completely deficient in magnesium. Um, supplementing with magnesium is really, really safe. Um, I would suggest particularly magnesium glycinate. Um, it's a bit safer than taking uh, magnesium oxide and a few other things. Um, 
starting at a dose of about 400 milligrams um, and then increasing it after there. Um, taking up to about 800 milligrams a day has been shown to be very, very safe. It's great for the gut. It's you know great for so many other processes as well. But magnesium deficiency is a major link to chronic constipation. Um, also, in my experience, and, and certainly from reading a lot of the scientific literature, um, chronic constipation is a gut intestinal um, dysbiosis, functional bacterial issue, right? Um, and in the scientific literature, there's a lot, there's a strong association between a lack of biobifidobacteria um, in the large intestines. So get your gut, your stool profile checked and see if that's something that you need to have a look at. Um, and what I find is that uh, prebiotics can be just as important as specific probiotics too. Um can I also say, while you're checking your um, functional stool analysis and your magnesium statuses and all of that sort of thing, check in your neurotransmitters too. So in particular, your serotonin and your GABA. So these two neurotransmitters are actually produced in large amounts in your gut. And it's so interesting, Ash, that you've said that there's that really strong link between poor gut function um, and poor motility with antidepressants mm -hmm. because most antidepressants are SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptaking inhibitors, and serotonin is made in the gut um, and is so important with motility. So in lots of cases, the 5-HTP, which is a precursor to serotonin, can help to improve constipation. It's also pretty safe to, to take. But when I say this, make sure you're working with a functional practitioner because when you're addressing serotonins, you don't want to upset the balance of neurotransmitters. Um, so work with someone and test. Don't guess this stuff. Um, so check your 5-HTP. Take that if necessary. Um, and then maybe balance it with a bit of tyrosine or something in the morning. And tyrosine is a dopamine precursor. So, um, oh, yeah, that, that's probably enough of a brain dump about that. But, again, this is something to consider in terms of um, your neurotransmitters. And finally, um, have a little look at some intermittent fasting as well. Now, Men tend to do a lot better on intermittent fasting than what women do, only because our hormones are such more, so much more of a moving target than theirs. But it can be as simply as having your last meal at seven o'clock at night, and then not eating until seven or eight o'clock the next morning for brekkie. That doesn't sound too hard, right? And then that way you've got a good sort of twelve hours of fasting. Now the reason that is important is because we have what's called this um, migrating motor complex that essentially describes the electro um, kind of mechanical activity in the smooth muscle. Um, and this is what helps with that peristalsis. And the migrating motor complex needs a good few hours of inactivity from our from eating to be able to really effectively get things moving and cleaned out. So if you're someone who grazes all day long, and then you'll have your last sort of grasp of food first, like straight into your mouth right before you go to bed, and then you're getting up at five o'clock in the morning and eating straight away, you may not have given your body enough time to have all four phases of the migrating motor complex completed. So it might be something to think about um, just as, as another thing. Um, make sure you're addressing your dysbiosis as well and checking to see if SIBO is an issue for you because there's a really strong link between SIBO and constipation. Um, hmm, that's a lot of stuff. 
that is a lot of stuff. So, ladies, take one thing at a time. You know, just <laughs> like we always say, so how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So just go in there, try and transition, add one thing in this week coming that you know could help you. Some of the advice we've given you is uh, complex. So just start with one thing. And once you've done one thing, add in another thing. But make sure, if nothing else, increase your water intake, increase your fiber intake and get moving. You know, with those three things, a lot of the times you really can start to see some improvements. Relaxation is so critical because those sphincters that are contracting need to be able to relax. So make sure you're taking the time to go to the bathroom, relax, breathe it out. So rather than straining, a lot of women, like you know, you're pushing down, trying to strain it out. Mm -hmm. The saying is almost do it the same way you would breathe a baby out. You want to be able to breathe out. So you're relaxing rather than trying to contract because relaxing allows the anal sphincter to release, which will allow you to go to the bathroom easier. So maybe switch the way you think about that. Breathe it out, you know, improve your breathing practices as you go to the bathroom rather than straining. So uh, just a couple of tips and tricks there. Hopefully this episode's not been too overwhelming for you and it's giving you some great ideas. I know, Andy, you can do the wrap up for us and uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> certainly be talking to you next week. Um, ladies, remember, if you need help with us, please ask us. We are here to help. We are here to serve. So you can absolutely consult with us as well. To find out information on that, just um, go to our website and just shoot us an email um, through there if you if you need some help or if you want some recommendations of who you can work with. Um, we would love to know um, about whether or not you've had experiences with, say, chronic constipation and what has been the amazing um, big changer or game changer for you. Um, have you also had any experiences like what I've had say in India where I've traveled and haven't moved my bowels in five uh, five days which felt like forever or also couldn't figure out how to poo without taking all my clothes off but um, anyway <laughs> um, ladies we want to hear from you please communicate with us on Facebook so facebook.com forward slash the wellness women let us know what new vegetable you're trying this week as well to increase your fiber content um, follow us on Instagram underscore the wellness women uh, make sure you've subscribed to us on iTunes that way you get the new wellness women episodes um straight there in your podcast app um every tuesday it's always free um it always will be uh we love your five-star ratings as well um and ladies if there's a specific topic you want us to cover make sure you shoot us through some details and until next week be well this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.